0: Welcome back to the 52 Pearls the Money Wisdom Podcast. It's Melissa Joy here today, and I am so pleased to be joined by Cherie Burkell, who is the president of the Quadro Company, LLC. She is a certified Quadro specialist, certified financial planner professional, and certified divorce financial analyst. Cherie spent 15 years as a financial advisor focusing on assisting individuals going through divorce. Her primary goal was to help her clients understand division of the marital assets and the short and long-term impact of that division. Sheree, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me on.
0: Well, I am so glad that you're here. I assume that many people listening will be either in a divorce-related field or going through a divorce themselves. And you focus on a very specific aspect of divorce, which is the qualified domestic relation order. You've retired from your financial advisory role and have this quadro company, which is there to divide qualified assets. And we want to talk all about quadros today so that people can understand both what they are and the process that you need to get one. And I think you know, it's a great topic, very specific, but, but will be very helpful.
1: I'm excited to talk about it. And you can always... Uh... Slow me down. I get pretty passionate about about this topic. Well, we love talking to passionate professionals. <laughs> and I think with that, we should just dive
0: right in. So you have a company called the Quadro Company, but right if now. you haven't gone through a divorce, you probably are scratching your head saying, what the heck are you talking about? So, can you first define what is a quadro and why might I need one?
1: So, you're going to hear the term quadro if you have a retirement plan, whether it's a 401k, a 403b, um, a pension plan. um, You're going to hear this term quadro likely from your attorneys or in mediation that says you're going to need a quadro to divide these. And essentially, A Quadro is a qualified domestic relations order. It's a type of court order that um, requires some pretty specific things be involved in that and laid out in that order on, you know, to be able to say to a plan administrator who, um, They're the ones that manage these four hundred and one k's, four hundred and three b's, pensions. Basically, this order is telling them, okay, pursuant to the following, this is how you're to divide this plan pursuant to to the party's divorce, Um, and the majority of it is is very standard language. Uh, It's I don't you know um, I don't find it to be confusing anymore because I really understand them, but when but what I find are these clients here, you know, I have to have this quadro and not knowing what it is. And it's really just this court order that's going to tell this plan administrator, this is how you have to divide it based on on what they, the parties have agreed on in their divorce.
0: Right. So that essentially it's a recipe that you take out of the settlement or the judgment of divorce and put into words that the plan can use to authorize them to right. do the division.
1: And what what becomes really important, um, and so is actually how it's divided. So you've got the couples they are going through divorce and they know they have a 401k or they know they have a pension. Um, unfortunately more often than not when a judgment or settlement agreement comes across my desk, it doesn't necessarily always adequately describe how it's being divided. A lot of times it'll just say they're dividing it 50, 50, Um, and plans are not that easily carved out. So, um, and you need to keep in
0: mind, like if it's a pension, maybe you've worked at a company or a, for a government entity for 10 or 15 years and you still have 15 years to go. It's not a 50, 50 division for your entire work record. It's just right time.
1: Right. Or even just understanding, well, yeah, the 401k money, 99% of the time I can get to now But this pension money is something that I'm not going to get until some point in the future. Mm -hmm. And there are even, I'm sure you've come across this, (laughs) Melissa, where, you know, there are certain types of retirement plans that are held inside annuities that can't be distributed right away, like a 401k at a private company. So I really, I want to be brought in before that divorce is final to maybe help answer some of those questions. I'm not advising clients, that's your job (laughs) on (laughs) on which option they should choose or what's better for them. I look at my role as really much more of the educator of, okay, here's how this plan works. Here are the things that you would need to consider as far as how this plan works and and what you could get and couldn't get, but it's not my role to then advise them for what they should do. But um, so important, especially with pensions, I can't stress that enough to really understand how they work because I think it's going to, um, really benefit both parties 15 years from now when that pension starts to pay out and they're trying to figure out, well, wait a minute, I don't understand what this means. Um, Definitely. you know That gets into a bit of the timing
0: as well. So you can go with a set of rules of here's how you're going to do it, but you may need to double check about what you're capable of doing with the way that a plan is set up. So there's both the information coming out of the divorce proceedings, but also there's a set of rules and and functions that the retirement plan or pension is under, which again means earlier is better. You don't wait until everything's signed, sealed and delivered on the divorce to get started on the quadro necessarily.
1: And this might be a good time to mention this. So before the divorce is finalized um, and, and in a quadro, the parties are referred to as a participant and an alternate, alternate payee. So the participant is the person who is the participant in the plan. So I work at Ford. It's my 401k. I'm the participant. The alternate payee is the spouse, former spouse or other dependent, uh, because it doesn't necessarily have to be by divorce, but the alternate payee is the non-participant person. So the person who is going to be able to get a portion of this particular plan, even though they're not, they don't work for Ford. Um, Before the divorce is final. So you have a married couple before the divorce is final. So let's say my, my husband, right. And I work at Ford. He has a right, he's a beneficiary in my account to call Ford isn't always hundred percent accurate, but most, most plans, I, they're a beneficiary in the plan. So they can call forward and say, okay, I'm looking for quadro information. Um, How would we divide this pursuant to divorce or how would we divide this, um, this plan? And as, as an interested party in that plan, the plan administrator is going to talk to you while you're still married. Once you are divorced, (laughs) You have severed that. It's on file with them. I mean, this is what I do for a living. I call plan administrators all the time. And maybe 30, 40% of the time, a plan administrator is not even going to give me the information I'm asking for. And all I'm asking is like general, where do we send it? What do we do? So the more information that you can get before that divorce is final is, is really key then in helping the process on the back end or whenever that quadro is done in getting it done in the most timely fashion.
0: I think it's true for so many parts of divorce. I often have people come to me after everything is kind of done and say, "Oh, I need a new financial advisor because my you know spouse had a stronger relationship with our former financial advisor, et cetera. But this, if you can be talking both to you know all the professionals involved, the the person drafting the quadra, which is usury, or a certified divorce financial analyst, which is often a financial planner. Or financial advisor, if you can be talking to them earlier, it only helps with definitely. your flexibility and decision making.
1: So, I mean, because attorneys are really, really good at what they do, right? We all definitely. have uh, the hat that we wear that we're really good at, and the attorneys are trained to focus on what are the legal aspects of this divorce proceeding. And I think you know, bringing in these other professionals and consulting with them to understand. And I'm usually the last, which is. It, it is what it is I, I I'd love to not be the last professional called in to to maybe help mitigate some of the mistakes I then see on the back end, but um even calling in someone like you, you know, a CDFA someone who is very familiar with the financial instruments and can look at things and say, Okay, this is how this works. I mean, you do this too for a living. You're looking at statements and and whatnot all the time. So being able to really understand and gather that information before everything is finalized is is really key
0: right now not everybody though starts drafting the quadros during the divorce process what's (laughs) what's the latest you've ever seen someone come to you to get the assets that needed to be divided
1: oh that that that's okay let me think about that because recently within the last six months I want to say the parties were divorced in 2006. Wow. Um, And it's true. This this is, they had tried to get the quadro done before. It was denied a couple times by the plan. The alternate payee kept dropping the ball. And then in that time, and this was for a pension, um, the participant went ahead and retired. Once that participant retires, it doesn't matter what you agreed on in your judgment you're likely not going to get everything. So in this particular case, she was supposed to get survivorship benefits. She was, you know, 50% of his benefit, all this stuff. Well, it's a pension. He's been retired for four years. We're now trying to kind of unravel this and figure out why was the, why were the previous two quadros denied? Um, And it's, she can't go back and get any of that money from the four years that she missed. Yep. The one- Bottom line is it's a mess. It's a mess. It is a mess. And um, with a 401k, the problem is going to be, well, what if they leave their employer um, and they take, and my 401k was now with Ford, but I have left and I've gone to General Motors. And so I've rolled my 401k over into General Motors. The issue then becomes- They've been
0: contributing into it for another 10 years and you need to go back and figure out what was the value then and markets change and-
1: and the plan administrator changes. Yep. So unlike pensions where those tend to be consistent with 401ks, you know this, I mean, they could be with Fidelity for 10 years and decide to then go to Vanguard, or go somewhere mm-hmm. else. And once you do that, that the trail then becomes harder to follow. The money becomes harder to get to if it's not at the original plan that it was at when it was divided in the judgment. So they were at Ford, they leave and go to GM. Well, the judgment said it's Ford. Okay. But it's not a Ford plan. So it just, the sooner it can be done, the better. And I think just from the, the peace of mind for, for the clients, just put it behind you and be done with it. And it's very important housekeeping in the process of a divorce. I mean, for the, for a 401k, actually for both of them, they can be done simultaneously as the entry with, you know, when you enter that judgment of divorce. So, Um, As soon as you know there's a 401k that is likely going to be divided, you can bring someone like us in and we can start getting that process done so that everything can just be signed and be done when the judgment's done all at the same time. Well, let's talk about the nuts and bolts of what you
0: would expect. So um, you have your asset division plan.
1: Who is the person that contacts you? to initiate a quadro most often it would be the alternate payee because they're the ones that have the interest
0: so the person that did not originally own the assets in their name because a a pension or a 401k is never joint it's always in the name of the person who is the employee so the other person is the person who's going typically going to be contacting you saying Hey, I I guess the starting point is I am told I was told I need to draft a I was quadro. told
1: I have a quadro, you yeah. know. What do I do? <laughs> and that they, they just gave me your name and number. So um And so what documents are they gonna give to you then? So what we need is a copy of the judgment of okay. divorce. Um that's if, if it doesn't describe in there exactly how things are to be divided because they did it in a separate settlement agreement so that it's not public record, then we need a copy of that too. I don't need the whole thing. I'm just going to go on record. I do not need to know all the custody information and all of that. It's, it's okay. There's a if, section
0: of the judgment that yep. goes over the, the financial key, assets.
1: Right. What are the key things that we're looking at here? What are the plans that are being divided? How are they to be being divided? And what is the division date? Because that's a key one too. So you know, some some couples um, decide it's going to be the date the judgment's entered. Some decide it was going to be some retroactive date because that's when they actually moved out and were no longer married. Um, I will say, it is if you can if you can agree on a month end date, it is always going to be better than than finding some random date that's in the middle of the month. You know, Great that point. Month. You get a statement at the end of each month yes. <laughs> for <Yes>. 401ks. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, the middle of the month then requires more work on both parties to go and pull that balance on that December 15th date. Yeah. Because that's the, a mess.
0: Not everybody mess. can um, come up with those values. I typically have the capability for my client accounts, but it's, it's, it just depends. Um, so, and retroactive <laughs> figuring out those amounts, it's much more difficult on a random day in the middle of the month.
1: Um, and I also ask for a copy of the statement. So, whether it's a 401k statement, whether it is a pension benefit statement, that you can contact your plan administrator and ask them if they can give you a pension benefit summary. Uh, and the key with this is because those statements, and I'm not talking just a, a screenshot from the computer. Right. But an actual statement is going to provide the, the key information that we need to draft that quadro in a way that's going to be accepted by the plan administrator because they're very, very picky about the plan name. So you can't just say they're dividing the, the um, University of Michigan retirement account. Well, the University of Michigan has two different, they have tiaa cref and they have Fidelity. They're, there's then these sub-accounts underneath there, as you know. so. Yeah. It's an alphabet soup of, yes, numbers and letters. Yes. Right. So the the more specific the judgment can be, the better too. But at least having those statements gives us that, okay, here's the plans that we're dividing. Um, If it's a company we haven't done one for, it allows us to know, well, who do we need to call to find out what their requirements are? And by that, I mean, where do we send the quadro once it's entered with the court? Um, because that's key because you're not just going to send it necessarily to your HR department. That's going to tie things up because now it's going to go through three extra steps to get to who it needs to go to. So um, really just the judgment settlement agreement or mediation agreement, whatever it might be. And and, um, a statement, those are the key documents. I mean, we have our engagement agreement and things like that, but as far as key documents, every quadro preparer is going to need to see those things.
0: So first, you receive those documents you're the quadro preparer so you draft something that needs to be
1: submitted to the court is that correct so yeah so it it is pretty much the same process throughout We get the documents and the information. Somebody says, hey, we need to hire you. We get that information um, from the statement. I see, do we need to call the plan administrator? So we do all of that back end work as well. Um, Sometimes it's provided to us, which is great. But then we draft, we actually draft the document then, making sure that all the correct language is in that order. Uh, once that is drafted, we then forward that to the attorneys and the parties for them to review uh, so that they can look at it and say, yes, this is in line with what we agreed on. If everybody's in agreement with that, all the social security numbers are correct and dates of birth, you know, all that stuff, that order is then signed by both parties and the attorneys. It is then entered with the court. Once it's entered with the court, that court-entered copy then goes to the plan administrator. Now, it sounds like all of that should happen like just like that, but it takes us about 10 days to get the initial draft done, assuming everybody's given us everything that they need to give us. Our part is done. Once we've handed it over and everybody's in agreement on the draft, we're done with that then. And then... The parties sign it, so however long that takes, it gets entered with the court. So however long that takes, once it gets to the plan administrator, the plan administrator can take ten days, thirty days. If it's um, for there's some kinds of plans where it's a board of trustees that they only meet every six months. There are some plans they only meet once a year. So. The timing, while we, that's also important to understand and and figure out during the divorce process to know, well, how long is this going to take before I actually can get X, Y, and Z? Um, I would say, though, the average is anywhere between 30 to 60 days from the time we get what we need, have drafted everything, and it finally gets to the plan administrator and is approved. So then
0: the ultimate result would be that the person would either receive a check for their um, well, they would have an account that would have been divided and would be in their name versus being, you know, kind of the interested party without ownership. And then um, then you, the next step would be, I would suggest would be to talk to a financial advisor in the case of having financial assets in a 401k to say, you know, what should I be doing with this? There are investment decisions to be made if you're close to retirement, if it's a gray divorce, you know, decisions about when you'll be pulling money so that, you know, you're not done yet once you, the assets are yeah. in your name.
1: And you are exactly right. I mean, once, once that plan administrator, um, so the order is actually not qualified. I'm doing my air quotes there um, until the plan administrator has said, we've read, re- we've reviewed it and we accept it. Once they accept it, they're going to reach out to the alternate payee directly and say, okay, now what do you want to do? And you are absolutely right because they have the decision of, can they t- do they take a distribution? Do they roll it over into an IRA? Is it maybe a combination? And I think it's really important to talk with the financial advisor about your situation and, okay, what makes sense to me? Because there are tax implications based on the decision you make. And sure. that's really important to understand. Now, with a pension, um, I think it's important to note that The pension is not like a lump sum. You're you're not going to, in most cases, you're not getting some sort of lump sum of money. So it's really a, that monthly benefit isn't going to pay until some point in the future. But you still are going to get that notification from the plan administrator that says, okay, we have on file that you have an interest in this account, and they direct you with what to do. There are times when the plan administrator will deny the qualified domestic relations order. Um... And sometimes it's because nobody actually knew that the plan did or didn't do something a certain way that has happened, even, you know, all the research that you can do and everything you can look into. And then you find out, oh, well, they don't allow that. Or the plan name wasn't exactly correct because we didn't have a statement and we had to rely on kind of piecing together what was given to us. They will deny it because the plan name is wrong. Um... When they do that, I mean, in every quadro drafter I know, they're going to they're going to amend that for you. That's part of the service that you've already paid for. Until we can get it right and get it done, but again, it delays the process because every time it comes back, if there's something to be fixed, it has to start, that that process starts over again as far as the signatures getting it entered with the court and sending it back to the plant.
0: And typically, you pay by the number of quadros that you need drafted. Correct. Correct. Yes, So, you know, you may have three retirement plans and it depends on the case. You may or may not need to divide each one. You may identify one larger account to, to be kind of the, the one that's right. divided. Right. It depends because they may be
1: invested differently and I don't want a blanket statement advised. Right, but, right. You know. um, and you can't typically divide a 401k and a pension in the same quadro. So right. um, you typically can't divide a 401k and a 457 in the same quadro. Um, plans are pretty picky about they want their own document for that particular plan. Um, they're, they're just a handful that will allow you to, to to combine them within the same.
0: And we haven't mentioned individual retirement accounts, IRAs or Roth IRAs, because those are not, they may need a document similar to a quadro, a domestic relations order, but they are not required to have quadros and not everyone needs a documents only if the company is, um, kind of old school in the way it, hopefully they don't.
1: Exactly. It's typically just a form. Um, they need, they'll, they'll need to see a copy of the judgment of divorce or the settlement agreement. Um, so be prepared like you're to give them a copy that it just really shows the IRA custodian. Yes. Um, the former spouse does have a right. In this plan, but it's not um, very rarely anymore. Do you ever see that a quadro is actually required? And that's just because the plan has not fully understood uh, the law.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and you know, it, I think it's helpful if you get that document early before yes. you know you kind of everybody comes together and makes a decision and then sign it at, the, at the same time you're signing everything else, so you can just get started right away.
1: Get started right, and and you know. It's taking on some of that ownership of when you see that, or it's even your own plan, but you see that there are these different types of plans that are going to need to be divided. The more information, I can't stress this enough, that you can um, gather during the divorce process, the more seamless everything's going to be as far as getting all of that divided. So knowing I have an IRA account as my custodian. What are they going to require? Whether it's a quadro or not, what are they going to require? Uh, my 401k, my pension, just gathering all of that really, you know, you'll save on attorney's fees because that's <laughs> less for them to have to do. And you'll really help make the process if there's any quadro to be drafted, um, go much more quickly and smoothly on the on the back end.
0: That's perfect. Is there anything else that you want to mention about the quadros and having them drafted?
1: Um. I think that it is important that, especially, this is dividing your retirement account. There are a lot of parties that do mediation on their own. They're very sophisticated. They go through mediation. They or they're just very amicable and they've agreed to divide everything. Uh, I am still a proponent of when you're dividing these retirement accounts and you're having a quadro done, an attorney should review it to make sure that it is in line with what you agreed on. And the, an attorney should review the mediation agreement to make sure that, just so you know, you're not leaving something on the table that, that you shouldn't have. But, um, you know, attorneys are, are pretty valuable with helping make sure that, that you're not making a mistake um, or not understanding something from the legal perspective.
0: Absolutely, I'm a proponent. Obviously, we're talking about using the advice of professionals. And, you know, there's certain times in your life where having excellent legal representation is very important. That doesn't mean that it needs to be an arm and a leg if the situation is not complicated, but just have somebody look things over to make sure that, you know, you're, you're not kind of ending up with an amateur
1: dissolution of the marriage. You, you might, by not having it looked over, I mean, spending a few dollars, I realize it's not always a few, but spending a little money now to really make sure that you understand it could save you a lot later because there have been times when things come across my desk and I'm like, it doesn't say here what it needs to say for us to know what we're supposed to do. You're going to have to go back to your attorney. You're going to yeah. have to go like, and that is a really hard message for somebody to hear of, wait a minute. I did like, now I have to go seek an attorney. And it's like, you do. So, um, and same, I'm a
0: big proponent, you know, have a pace, a financial, even if it's just an hourly rate, pay a financial planner to look over a suggested, um, division of assets, because you may have a lot of Roth assets that are being, which are often, um, more preferable for you to have, especially if you're in a higher tax bracket. And if they get divided, you know, kind of along with everybody else versus on their own kind of line item, then you may or may not end up with those assets. So, you know, there are other wrinkles. You may have an annuity that you think you can divide, but you might lose benefits or it might not be written into the annuity that that's a possibility. You know, all of these are, every asset is unique and some can be very straightforward. You know, you can just take a peek and say, okay,
1: everything looks good. And in other cases, there may be some follow-up questions that you would want to consider. Well, it just... Empower yourself to make the best decisions that you can during the divorce. And your decisions
0: are both for your current self as well as your future self in a divorce. Just like I loved how you said you're you're helping people get good asset division for the short term and the long term. You know, the decisions made in a divorce are going to be impacting you, not just this
1: week, but 10 years from
0: now, 20 years right. from
1: now. Right. And it, it just... Um, taking that ownership, knowing and, and understanding what's going on and reaching out and talking to people. I know that, you know, if, if you hear you need a quadro and, and you don't feel that you're getting the answers that you're looking for, then find a quadra professional because we all provide consultation services too to to help you understand what is the plan that's being divided, how it can be divided again to give you that education. Um, I personally, like I said before, I don't give the advice. That's where someone like Melissa would come in that could look at your particular situation to see what which option would make sense for you. But you know, before you sign that agreement, to just know that you understand what you're actually dividing is so key. I think.
0: That's great advice. And we will make sure that in the show notes, we have a link to connect with you, Cherie. But how do people find you?
1: So um, it's it's very original, uh, www.thequadrocompany.com. Um, Perfect. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I have a, a page on Facebook and am really working to develop, develop content. So blog information, um, web opportunities. I know you're, I'm hoping to have you on sometime soon. We're going <laughs> to reciprocate this because there's some things I want to talk about, but to provide um, other education outlets for people to read, to look at, and to better understand. Well, I
0: think people can hear from this recording your passion for outcomes, good outcomes for the parties involved in a divorce and your focus on education and using plain world language to explain things. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Cherie. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.